And welcome to the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Titchener, and on the line, I have John McAlevey. Uh, this podcast covers the top two college programs in the Garden State, Seton Hall, and Rutgers. And we'll check in on other programs when there's uh, something cooking with other programs. Right now, what's cooking, Johnny, is the 13th ranked team in the country, Seton Hall. And they, I guess they dropped one ranking uh, after the loss to Michigan State. But what a game. My goodness. I know it was a few days ago, but uh, Miles Powell throw, putting up 37 in a losing cause with a bum ankle. And, and what a player he is. And it was just that was a fantastic game, wasn't it? Absolutely. As Tom Izzo mentioned the day after I was texting with a couple of friends of mine as the game was going on, that was March Madness in November. Yeah. I mean, that was a that was a definite NCAA second weekend, like sweet. Sweet 16 or Elite Eight game that that showed great offense, but also great defense. I mean, it was not a very high scoring game. It wasn't like in the 80s or 90s, right? And it, it showcased all that's good about college basketball. There was great coaching. I mean, Tom Izzo, really, he's down five with a minute 40 to go, mm-hmm. and he pulls that out. And they win by three. I mean, come on, is there? In the game right now, is there anybody better on the sideline than that guy? Oh, no, he's a great coach. There's no question about it. He's great. It. And Kevin Willard has his guys ready. They were ready. I have it on um, good uh, authority that the whole ankle situation with Miles Powell, he had been practicing all week long. It wasn't like they were surprised that he came out. And maybe and it wasn't as bad. Come on. Maybe it wasn't as bad as it was made out to be. Maybe it was just right. a slight sprain, you know, so uh, because he was moving pretty star. well. I mean, he is a star. Oh, no question he, about it. Right now, you know, like a week, two weeks into the season, he's a first-team All-American player. I mean, he's yeah. that good. But let me set this up for you, John. So I'm watching the first half at the brewery, and then I just had to get out of there. So, you know, and I got an hour drive home. I put it on the radio. And, uh, and I got him. I'm like, I oh, man, I can't believe I'm missing watching this. And uh, so yeah. I, I, I'm locked into the radio and the guys, the announcers were go, it's 970 AM or what have you. The announcers were going nuts over a couple, no calls at the end there. So I needed to get home just to see the, uh, see these, uh, plays, uh, and, and decide for myself. And I got to tell you, I like the fact that the ref swallowed their whistle in that spot. And I know a couple people, a couple Seton Hall fans might be spitting out their coffee right now. But I, you know, listen, the understanding is that at the, at the end of the game, inside a minute, you know, if you don't have an open shot and you want to go and press into the lane there, you're not going to automatically get that call. And Miles Powell, there, yes, there was some contact there. But I'll tell you, I thought it was a good no call. What was your thought? You know, initially I felt the same thing. Um, but as a coach myself, all I can ask for is that the officials are going to blow the whistle um, at the same time. If, if something is a foul with 16 minutes left in the game, then it also has to be a okay. foul with 16 seconds left in the game. And unfortunately, I don't think that was the case. Early on in the game, they'll call the ticky-tack foul. At the end of the game, where the guy's going to the basket and forcing the issue, they will not make the foul call. Mm-hmm. So, I well, think, I think my point is, we're seeing whatever jersey you're wearing. If you're a Seton Hall alum or if you're a Michigan State alum, you want those calls. And if it's against you, you don't want the calls. But I just want them to be fair and, and, and be consistent. I guess would be the word. But point is, is wouldn't you agree that they're not making those calls as much anymore? That you know, get the open shot, find the open shot. If you're going to go force it to the basket, you might not necessarily get that call inside a minute, and that's what happened. They they don't seem to be doing that. 
But again, they have no problem blowing the whistle with 14 minutes left in the yeah. game. And uh, you so know, your point's fair. In at half court. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the stuff that drives me crazy. They get reach-in fouls 40 feet from the basket, but then a guy forces the issue to the basket. And let's face it, there was contact there. There's no doubt there was contact there. Mm-hmm. But, but I thought the biggest, um, the biggest missed opportunity in that game was, and I got to tip my hat to to uh, Kevin Willard when Keaton Hall was down, and it was their final one of their final possessions where they came out of the break, and of course, you know the opposing team. They're thinking, all right, who are they going to right here? Where, where's the ball going to be? Of course, everyone's thinking it's going to Miles Powell. Well, what they did is they ran a high ball screen with Sandro Mamukelishvili. And what he did was he, he was supposed to screen for Powell in the corner. He slipped the screen. All the defenders went to Powell and they hit, they hit Mamo rolling back to the basket. Mm-hmm. He went up and he lost control of the ball. Yeah. It was a tremendous call. It was like a fake. They're going to give, you know, everybody thought it was going to Powell. It went to mm-hmm. him. And unfortunately he just couldn't finish. That would have been, yeah. uh, that would have been an amazing play and everybody would have been lauding. Kevin Willard for that, but it just went for naught when he lost control of the ball. Well, of course they're all closing on Powell because he's killing them. And listen, let's—they're the 13th team in the country right now, John, because of Miles Powell. He's a very special player. Without him on the courts, you watch that ankle because without him on the court, they're not even a top 25 team. Would you agree with that? Um, I don't know. I think they—I think they're deep. I mean, mm-hmm. when they listen, he—he's. A special, special player. 37 points he had that night. Yes. And the only other player in double digits was Miles Kale had 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took 27 shots. Um, mm-hmm. But you know what they can do? They've become a different team without him on the floor. They can go with two seven-footers inside. That Romaro yeah. Hill had five blocks, eight mm-hmm. rebounds. Was really a, a detriment in the middle there to Michigan State. I mean, they didn't want to bring the ball into him because... He blocked everything in sight. And then they yeah. bring Ike Obiagu off the bench. And he's another seven footer, seven one. So they'll beat you defensively. They'll, they'll, you'll play a yeah. rock fight. Oh, listen, they're, they're, they're be scoring high. Yeah, Willard's doing a great job. And it's not just Powell, obviously. They've got a well rounded team. I'm just saying, when they need that basket, when they need that oh, that shot, no he is the and man. He gets it. And you know how spe- you know you know how badly you need that, especially when you get in the tournament. You need that guy. It's like he's getting the ball, and the ball's going down because he'll have he'll have three people on him, and he'll he'll find a That's little seam so and pop a three ran, and drop it. They ran that play away from him at the end of the game. Yeah, but, yeah. But the best news is that after they had that crushing loss in the amazing environment at uh, at the Rock, is that they came out. And they completely hammered St. Louis, mm-hmm. um, which they had to do. St. Louis is not very good. Right. And so there was no hangover. They went out and they buried mm-hmm. St. Louis. So they're back on track. Now they're off until Saturday. So they get a little time. Powell will get some ice on that ankle and, and take care of that, uh, his wheel there. So they should be ready to go. But, yes, now their, their schedule is going to really ramp up again. I mean, they have some really tough competition headed their way. Yeah, I mean, Florida A&M uh, at, at the Rock. And then, yeah, and then they've got Oregon. So uh, that's going to be uh, that's going to be quite a challenge. And, uh, um, you know, they're ranked, what, 15th in the country. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a nice matchup right there for uh, for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, listen, Seton Hall will. It's never a question of whether they're going to make it to the tournament. 
but how deep they can go. I mean, this year, you got to believe, and the Big East is pretty strong. And look at their Villanova still doing their thing. You got to believe that this is Seton Hall's year, and maybe they're even better than Villanova. They have to be, this has to be a sweet 16 season. They have to get to the second weekend of the tournament because they're going to lose this once in a lifetime special player that they have. And as you mentioned, without him, you know, the team coming back next year will obviously not be as good as the team that they have this year. And they got a little something special going. They got a lot of role players. They got some, uh, it's a deep team. They're big. Uh, they've got answers at all different positions. A lot of, you know, house, not a lot of household names, but guys that can come in and do some things. So sure. this has to be a year that, that they take advantage of that. And yes, the Big East is one of the tough, toughest conferences in the country this year. All 10 teams feel that they can go to, to the NCAA tournament. That, that might be yeah. a little bit crazy. I think maybe eight of the 10 can make it. But Villanova can be had. Seton Hall has a chance to win that, but Xavier's really good. Uh, and, and Providence should be good this year. Marquette should be good. So it's sort of wide open. It's not Villanova against the field this year. Seton Hall is very much in the thick of things. And you just ran over your Friars there, Johnny. What's uh, what's going yeah, on with Providence? They had a tough loss. They had a tough loss already. They lost to Northwestern on the road, which is a terrible mm. loss because Northwestern opened up their season with a loss at home to Merrimack. Who just yeah. went Division One in basketball this year? Oh man! And then we go out there and lay an egg. We're down 19 points. They cut it to three, uh-huh. but just couldn't get over the hump. And they're in the lower half. Let's face it; they're the lower half of the Big Ten, man. I mean, so Northwestern's yeah. not scaring anybody. So yeah, that is a tough loss for yeah. sure. And speaking of the lower half of the Big Ten, yes, yes. Well, Rutgers is firmly there still. And, Shall and, we make and, our transition? And, yes, and we know that. But well, well, here's the concern: is there's concerns. There's no question about it. I mean. Uh, they come out, they open the There's season fire against fire alarms going off. <laughs> well, they come out, you know, they open the season against Bryant and f- frankly, you caught some breaks and uh, fell asleep in the second half, but still managed to win that game. But there was concerns right there. Then they played Niagara and just blew them out. And you're like, okay, the, the ship's been uh, righted here. Uh, maybe we're okay. And then I was actually at the game right behind the bench. Uh, my partner, Joel Brudner has these fantastic seats right behind the bench. So, uh, but Drexel, that was a close game. Uh, you know, they're, they're exchanging baskets late into the game. They pull away. They, they get a five-point win there. But you're wondering, oh, boy. And then they go out to Toronto. And, and frankly, just like you said with Providence, Rutgers laid an egg. And now, now St. Bonaventure is probably better than their 0-3 record. And they're probably better than the other three teams that they played. And they are away, and it is a young team, and I can make all these excuses in the world. There's no way they should have gone down 19 in the first half. Now, they scrapped back in the second half. I think at one point they cut it to four, but then the Bonnies just hit. Every time they needed a basket, they hit it. They had a couple Jersey kids on the uh, with chips on their shoulders on, on the court, and, uh, and they come away That'll with a win, hurt. and that was a bad loss. They're playing bad defense. Uh, they're not. They're fa- against Drexel. They actually had a good night at the foul line, but they were horrible again against uh, against uh, St. Bonaventure. They're not shooting well, and the concern is defense. And I got to tell you, I didn't want to say this, but it's got to come out. And the fact is that you know they're gonna miss Eugene Omarui. Yeah. You know. You know that- what's alarming, Steve, is that right out of the gates. I mean, they had such a great season last year for them. Mm-hmm. You know, listen, they didn't go to a tournament. Yeah, no, they them, sputtered it at the like end. They had turned- yeah, it looked like they were sort of turning the yeah. corner. And then for them to come out, I mean, there was a lot of hype around it. The Omaruji thing really hurt. But there's still enough talent there. 
and uh, and you know, Peichel in in year uh, he, he's been there a few years now, and it looks like he's writing the program. And for them to come out and play absolute nobodies already, they haven't played anybody that's any good, mm-hmm. uh, and, and to play really poorly in three of the first four games. It's a concern. Me, There's no question. Alarming, and I lay that right at the feet of the coach. That's him. They're not prepared right now to come out and play against nobody. Well, I, to, I, I don't understand where the disconnect is. And, and to Coach Peichel's credit, he took uh, he took it on the chin on that. He said, I didn't have them prepared and ready to play, and that's on me. So he took it on. But, you know, it's a different team. First of all, again, I'll go back to Omarui. He was the center of that team last year. He was their, he, he's the defensive stopper. OK, he also was the guy who, you know, if he needed a bucket, he's the guy who would back in and get that bucket. And he was he's he's not there. And, uh, you know, Shaq Dorson couldn't put a ball in the ocean. True. But that was a big body right in the middle of that uh, that lane. And it was hard to get around him. So he was from a defensive standpoint. He was he was big and rebounding. Both of them rebounded, too. So. You know, they're gone, and now you got some you maybe more athletic and quicker guys in there. And, and, and Akwazi uh, Yaboa appears to be a, a pretty athletic guy, but he's not leagues above in terms of quickness with Omarui. He really isn't. Probably not no. as strong a defender or rebounder. So he, he may be a nice player and certainly the best player for Stony Brook last year. But on Rutgers, you know, listen, he's a, he's a role player who – you know, is probably going to have a, a you know a nice season, but it's not going to be an Omarui type presence out there. It's not. So when well, you go from you go from Stony Brook to the Big Ten, it's yeah. it's a little big it's a bit of a and and thing. he's and you know look he's he, he, you know he's going to be fine, uh, but he's not Omarui. He's not, and so the, to think yeah. that he was going to replace him, and I don't even know if that was the mindset, is simply not the case. Uh, you know, so they've got, you know, they've got. Well, you some, mentioned yeah, you mentioned those two big guys out of the way with Dorsen and Omaruyi, it just further exposes the their inside presence. There really is not one. Right. Uh, when when Miles Johnson, he's just been in foul trouble. Yeah, he's gotten into foul trouble because he doesn't when have... He's out of the game. I mean, they really don't have a chance inside. No, and he doesn't uh, have Shaq Dorsen next to him. Mamadour Duokor has not... He hasn't shown up, and no. he's a top recruit. He has not been very good. No, so and Shaq, when guys like that are out of the game, it's tough. And Shaq Carter is is he's was coming along, uh, and I don't know the jury's still out on Shaq, but uh, I mean he can score, but um, you know from a defensive standpoint, it's just not the same thing. So they don't have the defense inside or on the perimeter either, which is kind of puzzling because you got you got Mathis now, and you got Jacob Young, who are super quick guards here. No one's going to be quicker than those two guys in the Big Ten or any in the country. And those two guys, you know, so in terms of them getting out on defense and getting out on the perimeter and Gio too, Gio is a good defender, but it just hasn't been there because the Bonnie's again, lit them up at the three point line and they, they've been lit up on the three point line this year. So there's no question about well, that it. to me. Is co- that to me is coaching. They're just not ready to be out there. Right. So, and, 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 and look, if that's not the case, then get them the heck out of the game and put somebody in that's going to guard somebody because first and foremost, you have to defend. That's, that's a yeah. non-sequitur. That's a non-starter. You're going to defend or you're not going to play. I'm and, sorry. Oh, by the way, what was their go-to? What was their backbone? What was Rucker's backbone? It was their defense because they certainly weren't, you know, shooting well. So right. they play, played, so, they played great defense. This year. So now they're not playing great defense and their shooting is not, is pretty much the same as last year, maybe slightly better. Uh, from the line, it's a little better, but still, 
they've got to defend, so they've got to get back to that, but they don't have the same bodies in there. So I, I think they are. I think they're missing Omarui, and I think they're missing Shaq Dorson, too, without question. But, you know, listen, it's next man up, and uh, they're going to have to find it out through Shaq Carter and, and uh, Docor. And, and, and Miles Johnson, they're just going to have to figure out how they're going to, uh, uh, you know, certainly defend in the paint and also get out there on the perimeter with those quick guards because they should be, uh, you know, they, if they're put in the right position, they should be a, still a very good defensive team. Uh, and then on the oh, other end, listen, you got to hit your shots. You know, uh, you know, Mathis and Young can get to the basket for sure. Gio can get to the basket, but he takes a lot of shots. Gio does, too. And he, you got to hit him. You got to hit your shots and you got to hit your foul shots too. I mean, they had another yeah. bad night. And let's face it. Let's face it, Steve. They, they have very little margin for error because mm-hmm. they're still building there. Mm-hmm. They still don't have a very good team. The program is hopefully pointed in the right direction, but let's face it, game in and game out, they are going to be an underdog against whoever they play. Yeah. They're, they're obviously much further along than the football program. But it's not like they're they're going to, you know, vie for any position in the Big Ten. They'll be at the bottom of the Big Ten again. Yeah. So you know they they need these young this young core the guys that were freshmen last year the kid that came in this year Mulcahy to be yeah. uh, to to really start to show that all right there's a little something brewing to the top here. Yeah, and you and can't get after continue to recruit because this season is going to be another. It's not going to be great. It's just not going to be great. Nah, you know, I, I thought there was a possibility. Right I thought there was a possibility they'd fall back a little this year. And, you, you know, you can't get all over Paul Mulcahy. He's a freshman just coming in. He's learning the system. You can't expect him to get out a, there. The, there's a lot of pressure on him he's now. Pressing, he's, he's pressing a bit. Yeah, and it, it's going to take some time there. It's what you hope is that they start, uh, you know, look, it's a lot of guys together for the first time. And you got you got hope that they, and this, that's not the case with Seton Hall. I mean, they were, you know, they've been playing together, these guys. And and so, you know, they're gelling at the right time, Seton Hall. And it's a very strong team, obviously. Uh, for Rutgers, I mean, they've got some players, but they've got to figure out what their identity is going to be. That was a very bad loss, frankly, uh, uh, in Toronto. And yes. uh, against a team they absolutely should have beat. And so, and the other games weren't that great with the blowout of Niagara was about the only thing where you could say, okay, at least, at least they did what they were supposed to there. And the other three games have just not been good. So, well, here's um, what you have now. You have Stephen F. Austin coming up um, on Wednesday night. Then you have NJIT. Then you have UMass. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are three games that they have to somehow win at least two out of those three because, because this, then here comes the December, man, I'm going, to, I'm going to pit. I'll be at that game. Wisconsin, and then Seton Hall. Hall. I mean, after, yeah. yeah. After that, you're, 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 you may not win another game all year long, unfortunately. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, they, they've, they've got to put some of these in the bank. Oh, and, and I believe they will. I think they're going to be okay for the rest of this month, but I think December is going to tell the story. It really is. And it's going to tell the story going, you know, going out to pit to see how they do there. And we're going to tell the story not a great here on team. the Jersey Hardwood podcast. Yeah. And then Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Seton Hall, man. So that's, that's a gauntlet right there. So, uh, so we'll that see. That could be as bad as, as um, the football team. True. And Those yes. Three games. Oof. Yes, Johnny, we will cover it here on Jersey Hardwood. It's our second show uh, sponsored by LG Insurance. 
And uh, we'll certainly uh, get back on it uh, next week. There's a lot more to talk about. That'll do it for this week's show. Steve Titchener, John Mack, Levy on the line. We'll catch you all next week.